ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on DK Sports Radio. This is your host, Jared Prugar, and thanks as always for listening. Now, the NFL draft is coming on with six players getting drafted and, and Lamont Wade being signed as an undrafted free agent with the Steelers. Now, that begs the question, who's next? Now, it's it's very early, and we still haven't even gotten to the summer of, of 2021 yet, but it's now is as good a time as ever to take a look at what could what could be of Penn State's 2022 NFL draft uh, draft class? You know, James Franklin's done a great job producing talent to go to the NFL. Uh, multiple years of, of multiple NFL draft picks. Uh, this year boasted two top uh, two first round draft picks in in Olafe Owe and and Micah Parsons, who got drafted number twelve overall. So that's good. They're producing NFL talent. But we'll get into the second segment, how to, how they're developing the elite talent that's coming in. But it's one of those situations where who's next, right? Who's next? And I think right at the top of that list needs to be Rasheed Walker. He's a redshirt junior offensive tackle. Um, you know, he would have been drafted had he declared. But he's a guy that wants to come back for, for a national title. He wants to come back uh, to compete. And that's admirable, definitely. But I think that, you know, with a great season for him, you know, and another year under Phil Troutwine, I think that's going to be an excellent opportunity for him and Penn State to kind of maximize on, on bringing it back and, and and really being a part of being another year uh, of being a Nittany Lion and working towards that goal of a national championship, of that goal of, of being a Big Ten champion once again. So I think that's huge for him. Um, he's continued to get better throughout the game, both in the run blocking and, and pass blocking. Um, he's a leader on and off the field for the Nittany Lions, and this is going to be his third season as a starter. And anytime you can get that kind of production out of an offensive lineman, um, you know, that's an excellent that's an excellent opportunity uh, to capitalize on. But I can see him with the way that he has played. I can see him being a potential first-round draft pick. I can see him also... You know, being a high second round draft pick, pending what happens in 2021. Now, if he comes out and has a great year, I think that stock is going to rise. People are going to realize that Rasheed Walker is the real deal. But, you know, will that happen? Only time is going to tell. So, with that said, you know, let's take a look around the offense um, and see where else some guys might fall. You know, you look at star playmaker Jahan Dotson, who's entering his senior year. Listen, he's not going to be the most athletic guy in the field. But he does every little thing the way that it needs to be done. He's a technician when it comes to route running, when it comes to his hands. Um, and, you know, as we've seen throughout the 2020 season, he can make people miss. And that is exactly what you need as a wide receiver. You know, he has that breakaway speed. He's not going to jump off the charts and say, oh, wow, that guy looks amazing when you look at, his pa- look at him on paper. But, you know... He's going to be a guy that can be a big factor at the next level. Now, I expect his role in the Penn State offense to to grow this year, um, especially with some more tempo, with an up-tempo style, uh, with Sean Clifford hopefully getting back his accuracy, getting back to, to what he was in 2019. And if that's the case, you know, Jahan Dotson's going to turn some heads throughout college football once again. Uh, because he he proved that he was one of the better receivers in the game. Now, will that translate to being a high round draft pick? 
you know, who's who's to say? His like I said, his, his on paper he's not going to jump out at you, but on the field he's a gamer. He he brings it every every time he's on the field in between those white lines, both as a return man, both as a receiver. Um, and if you have that opportunity to impact the game in special teams, they're going to find a roster spot for you at the next level. Um, I think that as of right now, he's going to be a low second round guy. Um, now, if he if he jumps out and, and has a big year, I think that could that number could improve and that stock will rise. But as of right now, I think heading into the twenty twenty two NFL draft, I think he's going to be a probably a mid to to late second round, early third round uh, type of player, and then that's perfectly okay for for a guy like Jahan Dotson. Now. Bouncing around to the defensive side of the football, another guy that returned to run it back this year was Jaquan Brisker. Um, safety was an All-American, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. Say what you want about that. But Big Ten media and Big Ten coaches gave him third team. So that's a quite a bit of jump. Um, now, he's got incredible skills uh, as a safety. You know, he's a guy that can, that can be bounced around defensively. But, you know, his ball skills... Um, are, are excellent. His coverage skills are, are solid. The issues in his game are solely in the run game. He's not a big physical guy. Um, he's not going to be a guy that goes up and, and stuffs the run, but if he can get that and, and, and work on that, I think that's going to make him a little bit better. Um, now, he's got a new defensive backs coach. He's got Anthony Poindexter um, at his disposal now, not Tim Banks. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of how that how that works out. And I think, according to James Franklin, they're going to be bouncing around him a little bit, uh, maybe move, using him in the slot a little bit more. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Jaquan's role is. But for Brent Pry and that defense, they are more than happy to have him back and have him back in the fold um, as they chase that glory um, in hardware in 2021. But I think as of as far as the 2022 draft goes, I think Brisker is a, a mid to late round, third round draft pick as of right now. But with with excellent, you know, with an excellent season, I think that could bump up to even a high round, high second round, uh, just based on his ball skills and based on his athleticism. Now we all know that these guys are going to test pretty well at the combine um, and and at their pro days, just like they have under under Galt in previous years. Um, another guy defensively that, that we have to worry about, or that, that I think is somebody to, to pay attention to is, as PJ Mustafer. He's the lone returner along that starting front, uh, up, up front, um, on the defensive side of the football. And he, it seems as though PJ Mustafer has been at Penn state for what seems like forever. And, and that's, a, that's a good thing. Um, last year in 2021 or 2020, uh, it was his first year as a starter. He's got the size. He's, um, the, He's got some quickness and an agility, uh, even at at six four three twenty six. Um, you know, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be you're going to find lighting up the stat sheet. He's not going to be a guy that's going to get ten sacks a year. He's not going to he's not going to rack up those types of stats. But what he is going to do is he's going to impact the run game. He's going to encourage some double teams um, and and a different and different blocking schemes to kind of get around him because he's a he's a big dude like I said at 64 326 that's huge um but you know it, he's got to have a good year i mean you look at a guy like like oh like oa he didn't record a single sack and yet his athleticism got him to be drafted in the first round by the Baltimore Ravens um so so you know 
Now, I don't think Mustafer is going to put up those types of numbers uh, for the Nittany Lions at, at Pro Day, but, you know, despite the lack of production that, that we might see on the stat sheet, you know, there is a there is a niche for guys like that. Now, the interior defensive linemen weren't very, you know, weren't very popular in this year's draft. But if coming out and having a great uh, senior campaign, uh, I think is going to be huge for him. Um, as of right now, I think he's going to be a fourth or fifth round guy. Um, but anything is possible, and I do think that he could with it with with the right season and, and with the the right growth, he can end up seeing himself in the third round. But it also depends on how they uh, on on team needs as well. So it'll be interesting to see how how the NFL views defensive tackles on in, in interior linemen. Um, in in the upcoming draft, but this is a guy that could be to that could benefit uh, from that as well. Now, another guy that can come back, and we're going to get to him in the second segment as well, um, is Brandon Smith. He's a guy that could come out uh, and and end up in declaring for the draft. Uh, he's got the athleticism, he's got the skills, he just hasn't put it all together. Um, but he's an NFL linebacker right now at this point. Uh, and so it's not when he's draft. It's not that he's going to be drafted. It's when he's going to be drafted. Um, he's got everything that you look for in in a guy like like in a, in a linebacker. He's the next big thing at, at linebacker. You. He's got the athleticism that, that lets him play all over the field. He's a versatile guy. He's a quick guy. He's a powerful guy. Some of his hits are, are bone chilling. Uh, so he can hit. He can cover. He can do whatever it's needed. Um, and he can play in space, and I think that's huge. Um, but he's, you know, he's still young. He's going to, he's only going to be a junior. So, you know, you look at that, it's going to be an, an opportunity for him to, to see what is it, what it's like, and maybe test those waters. Now, with a big year, I don't think he'll come back uh, for a senior season, and nor should he. Um, but, you know, he's going to be one of the top linebackers taken in the 2023 draft just like Micah Parsons was this year um but or I'm sorry in the 2022 draft he could be if he did come back for a senior year in the 2023 draft but this could be another guy that that he could be another in the long list of Penn State linebackers that have been drafted um and when we come back in the second segment we'll talk a little bit more about um Brandon Smith as a five-star recruit and, and how Penn State has developed guys like that and what they need to do to get to that upper level of elite um, athletes uh, to play competitively in the college level. Uh, and I will catch you here after the break. Welcome back to this segment of we are of the We Are Podcast on DK Sports Radio. Uh, this is Jared Prugar, and you know we talked about Brandon Smith here in the uh, in the first segment as as a guy that could be the next big thing at Penn State linebacker. And when he arrived on campus as a five star recruit, he was expected to be the next big thing. Now, when you are a five star recruit, it it only matters when you're in high school. Once you get to college, it changes. You know, for every you know big time Penn State recruit. And that's Micah Parsons. You know, you look at a Christian Hackenberg. You look at a Brandon Smith. There's been, you know, there's been a Justin Shorter or a Ricky Slade that haven't really lived up to their bill. 
Now, Ricky Slade, there were a couple different things. He ended up transferring to, to ODU, and Justin Shorter ended up transferring um, to Ohio State. So, you know, what does Penn State need to do to get those guys in positions for success and use their use them to their abilities? Now, granted, when you play in high school, it is a much different game compared to the college game to be um, and to go straight from high school and compete in the Big Ten at that level it's not easy for even the best athletes. Now you look at a guy like Micah Parsons; he made it look pretty, pretty darn easy. And now he was he was the twelfth overall draft pick of the Cowboys this year. So yeah, for every Micah Parsons, it's not they're not always going to be like that. Um, you know, look at Penn State at the quarterback position. Um, Trace their best their best quarterback of late under James Franklin was Trace McSorley, and Trace McSorley was not a highly touted quarterback. In fact, he was recruited by most places as a safety because of his size. Now, Trace McSorley was a gamer, and he went out and competed and, and did everything that he could, and he and he had a lot of success, and he's in the NFL. Now, you then you look at a guy like Christian Hackenberg, who was a five-star recruit, had a great freshman campaign, and then it just wasn't the same. Um, he did spend a lot more time looking at this guy than, than downfield, and, and that, you know, say what you want about that. That's just kind of the nature of the beast. Um, now Hackenberg did has had some incredible weapons in Allen Robinson, um, while he was there, but that's just the way that it, that it goes sometimes. But you look at a guy like, uh, even Lance Dixon, Lance Dixon transfers, you know, what does Penn state need to do to get those guys to stay and to be a part of the program for, for three, four years, uh, and get the most and develop them. Because once you get to college, or once you get on campus, now it's up to the college coaches. You got to you got to develop these guys. Uh, Penn State at quarterback has been eh, uh, as far as recruiting is gone. Um, what's it going to take to get them an elite quarterback? Now, it, it's an arms race at the college level uh, as far as offenses go and as far as quarterbacks go. They had an elite coach. Uh, and coordinator at Joe Moorhead, but you knew that he wasn't always going to be around. He, you knew that he wasn't going to be at Penn State for more than a couple seasons. And when you know that, you know you don't have that stability at the offensive coordinating position. You look at a guy like Sean Clifford now. He's ha- he's on his fourth offensive coordinator in five years. Moorhead obviously was one of them. Then you look at, you know, you you just kind of have to have to adjust. So you just have to you have to look long term and. And that's going to be very difficult to find a guy like a Brent Pry who's been in in a single position for for numerous years. You just don't see that anymore. You, typically, a coordinator has success, and then they find their way into the next level, and they find their way, you know, either going to going pro or or getting a head coaching job at the collegiate level. That's just the nature of the beast. It's the next big thing. It's the next best thing. Um, but the, at quarterback, that's how Penn State needs to needs to start developing. Um, and, and they need to start getting guys that, that will stick around as far as coordinators go and that will develop that elite talent because that's how they're going to compete regularly with Ohio State. That's how they're going to compete regularly with, with the Alabamas and the Clemsons of the world. They all have elite quarterbacks. They all get to develop those elite quarterbacks. Uh, you look at those two schools, those three schools in particular, they had uh, three of the top-rated uh, ranked quarterbacks in the draft. So you've got to... You've got to be able to, to develop that position. Now, linebackers is, is, is different. Um, but, you know, the quarterback makes the team go. You know, you saw how how important it was that those teams that had, had great quarterback play. Uh, and Penn State did not have that last year. And, you know, that well, that's something that, that needs to be fixed. And can Mike Yersich do that? Yeah, sure. I mean, Ellinger, uh, Sam Ellinger, when he was at um, 
Texas was great. He coached Justin Fields as well. Um, and Mason Rudolph at Oklahoma State. So the pedigree is there in developing NFL quarterbacks. Now it's recruiting those quarterbacks and keeping them where they're at um, and developing when the, developing them when they're on campus. If he's able to do that, I think Penn State is in good shape. But it begs the question, how long is Yurcich going to be there? Yurcich is the next big thing. That's why he was at Texas. Now he's at, um, at Penn State. So, you know, you have to you have to kind of roll with it. And, and is he going to be here for just a year? Is he going to be here longer than that? You know, you hope that he would be here longer than that. He's going to be highly paid. He's going to be highly compensated, um, especially if they have success. But he's also going to be highly sought after if they have success as well. Because most coaches, you strive to be a head coach. You That's your goal. You want to run your own program. Um, you want to, to take on that responsibility and, and coach and, and do that. Um, so, yeah, is the offensive coordinator position um and then they'll be all no no your the goal usually is to be a head coach can your be that someday i think he can be whether he's ready for that now is is to be determined um but he's got every he's got the tools that it takes um but for now he's penn state's offensive coordinator and they need to de- develop and recruit um those types of quarterbacks now they also have to recruit them not just because it's Mike Yersich doing the recruiting, not just because it's James Franklin. They got to recruit them and recruit them to the school because if you recruit them to the school and you recruit them um, to the head coach that's going to be there for the for the time being and for the foreseeable future, that's how you get them to stay. You know you can't you can't expect a guy that it's oh, well I'm a Yersich guy I I only want to come and play for Mike Yersich. That's not a desirable situation. I mean, you, d- you look back at a Trace McSorley where he, he was committed to Vanderbilt. James Franklin ends up at Penn state and he comes with him. So you can, you, you have those, you build those relationships, you build that rapport and you just kind of, you, you got to hope for the best for Penn state. And, and you've got to be able to develop them because you can't keep having the Ricky Slades, the Justin Shorters, the Lance Dixons where they're gone. They're there and they're gone. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, that's just a situation where you have to, you have to, to be able to develop them and, and put their, utilize their skill sets the way they needed to be used, um, because every five star recruit is is different. Every five star recruit, you know, has a different skill set that makes them what they are. And if you're able to do that and, and get these guys, you know, the opportunities that they want. Now, don't get me wrong. There, there's a lot of, um, well, I should be playing over this guy. Or this guy shouldn't be playing at all. Um, and that's tough to, to deal with because you go from the biggest guy, you're, you're hyped up, you've got all these recruiting services after you, you've got all these colleges after you, you're highly sought after, you pick your final, you pick your your team, your, your, your program, your college, and then you're not the big fish in the small pond anymore. Now you're the... Now you're the fish in the big pond. You're 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 nothing once you get to once you get to college. Now yeah, you're still highly touted and you and you have that background, but once you get there, everything is is different. You are now a member of the program. You're not the five star guy. Now you have five star expectations, absolutely, and you have to keep working to get to that point. But you have to make that work. You have to get better and you have to you have to develop that. You can't just rest on uh, the fact that you were a five-star in, in high school, college college football doesn't doesn't give a crap about whether you're a five-star in high school. Um, it doesn't. It just doesn't. You have to go out and earn it every day. Um, and Penn State has to find find those guys too. Um, you're listen. Sometimes coaching the the three to four-star recruits, the two to three star, four-star recruits, is better because they're coachable. Some of these five-star recruits aren't always the most coachable people in the world. Um, but you know, you have to make the best of, of each and every situation. So until then, and, and, and getting Penn state to, to get to that elite level at quarterback, 
Um, you know, who knows when that's going to happen. I think they have a couple guys in the fold that might might make that make an impact. You look at it, uh, Drew Aller, uh, who's committed to Penn State, and he's, he's doing some great things on the recruiting circuit right now. But, you know, it's still a long time before guys like that end up on campus. And with the way that recruiting is, now finally they'll get back to a little bit of normalcy in June. Um, they got to get these guys on campus because Penn State is ridiculously hard to get to. Um, it's easy for me because I'm located in Altoona. I can just hop on 99. I'm good. I can be there in 45 minutes, 35 if I if I disobey the, the law and the speed limit. Um, but these guys, if you're coming from a Georgia or a North Carolina or a Texas, flying into state college is, is not easy. Um, it's not this big metropolitan hub. It's, you know, just your local airport, just a step above what we've got um, in Altoona and Martinsburg. But you've got to you got to get these guys on campus because when you get these guys on campus, then you're then you're promoting your university and your program. And when you're able to do that and it's not necessarily virtually, um, that's when good things happen because you get these guys on the field. They get you get them in Beaver Stadium. You get them to see their locker rooms what they're going to be going through when they're a student athlete at Penn State. And that's how you get guys, and that's how you get them to stay. Um, and you keep that elite talent in Pennsylvania, too. Um, but, you know, it, that's that's to be determined. That's will, will James Franklin be able to develop a guy like that? Well, we haven't really seen, that, seen a lot of that currently. Um, as great as Trace McSorley was, um, you know, he was still a, a, a low – lowly ranked guy as far as quarterback was concerned so it's going to be interesting to see what Penn State is able to do uh, on the recruiting front but the fact of the matter is they've got to start recruiting that elite level talent at QB um, and and starting to develop them and and keeping them happy and keeping them there Um, and when they're able to do that then I think big things can be expected of Penn State um, as they compete nationally and rather than just for Big Ten glory um, as well but until next week this has been Jared Pruger on the We Are podcast on DK Sports Radio We thank you as always for listening and we'll catch you next week.